Hey everyone and welcome to another episode of On the Turnbuckle here on mypodcasthouse.com. Thank you for joining us again this week in what is an historic week for Australian wrestling. More of that to come in just a sec as I introduce Welshy to the show at this point in time. Hello, mate. It's a very good day, Tony. How are you? I'm not too bad. Unfortunately, Lyle not with us tonight. He's uh, not feeling too well, which means Jules will join us a little bit later on to take his spot but uh thank you guys for filling in for me last week yes well i'm happy to have you back um also happy to not have lyle back why uh, i don't know it's nice to a change is as good as a holiday tony that's true good point good point of course uh we are proudly supported by the australian wrestling network that just continues to put up some amazing uh historic australian wrestling matches as well as some uh, of the latest stuff as well yeah, speaking of the latest stuff, they've just put up the latest Wrestle Rock show featuring the infamous Lockie Hendricks and Drunk Uncle Beige match. So, very much um, looking forward to seeing that since I didn't get a ticket. Yes, well, blame Lyle. Tell everyone about Lyle, like giving you false hope for that show. He, he sent me a message saying, Hey, Tony, I've got a ticket for you. I said, Fantastic, that's great. And then, literally, 20 minutes later, oh, sorry, mate, I just realized After- that ticket that I had. Let's, let, let's tell the full story. So he's messaged you that. So you've had to tell your wife that you'll be going out. Yeah. She wasn't happy. No, no, I had a fight. Um, and then you got the permission and then well, Lyle's I, turned around. I don't know if that's exactly the truth, but yes, I was going. <laughs> and then Lyle's turned around and um, said, stick it up your jumper. Yeah, basically. He said, sorry, I bought that ticket with somebody else. I just remembered. All right, you want to know the real kicker? Well, the other person didn't turn up. They they saw, ended up selling their ticket to someone else. Oh no! Oh, fair income. Don't worry. Like, no wonder Lyle, we... No wonder how Lyle hasn't spoken to me this week. Yeah, he's too scared to show his face. Yeah. Um, oh. I have got your ticket to the next Wrestle Rock show, Tony. Because excellent. And I deliberately bought it, not just accidentally, like Lyle claimed to have done. The Brewery Brawl, is it? It is the Brewery Brawl. So, yeah, part of Good Beer Week. And the last Brewery Brawl was a lot of fun. So, looking forward to it. I'll tell you what I did on the weekend, Tony. What was that? I'll tell you what I did on the weekend. Yeah, go. I went out to Arthur's seat. Oh, was <laughs> I got a feeling I know where this is going. Yeah, I was. It's the not one. there anymore. Yeah, but you know who's taking it. Yeah. JJ Furno. JJ Furno. <laughs> there's a massive backyard. There's a massive residence protest about it. Oh, I know. And they're, they're, they're waving placards with his face on them. Arthur's seat has disappeared. JJ Furno took it. Bastard. That is funny. That is funny. Dude. Hey, uh, great interview with Hawko last week, buddy. He was uh, he was very entertaining and enlightening. Yeah. Um, he doesn't seem to like us, though. He won't return my calls at the moment because, um, obviously, we've got the big final this week, and I'm trying to trying to grease the wheels of justice like we did last time. We'll see how we go. We've got some news about that a little bit later on as well in the program in regards to WrestleBrainia and yes. uh, us the being in, 
us being in the final, but some of us, yeah, well, we'll release that a little bit later on. I'm hoping that we'll be able to announce our, um, I've, got, I've got some calls in. I'm hoping we'll be able to announce the final member of our team live All on right. air. We'll see how we go. Well, what do we need a final member for? There's three of us, isn't there? Because you, we'll go into that later as well. You've been banned. Yeah. Well, yes, I, I uh, took my son's birthday as being more important than WrestleBrainia last Sunday. And which, is fair, which is fair enough, Tony. I do question how you forgot your son's birthday until the day before it. Yes, uh, yes that's, a, that's a fair question as well. That has been asked already by asked a couple of other people. why there was no presents. Especially when my son said to me, what are we doing tomorrow, Dad? And I said, why, what's happening tomorrow? And he said, <laughs> what do you mean? And I said, well, I'm going to uh, wrestle brain you in the afternoon. You've got footy, haven't you? And he said, yeah. He said, but it's my birthday. He said, aren't you coming to my footy? Oh, yeah, that's right. No, I am, mate. I will be. I'll be there. No problems. Sorry, I totally got my days mixed up. Sorry, buddy. And then you plonked him in front of WrestleMania. I bet that kept him happy. We did. We watched WrestleMania, which was uh, great. We'll talk about that as well later. But let's get straight into our interview. All right. In what is a very historic week for Australian wrestling, of course, with uh, Rhea Ripley getting the championship belt, we get to speak to one of Australia's Great female wrestlers and get her thoughts on that and plenty of other things as well. Kingsley joins us for a chat. Hello, Kingsley. Hi, how are you guys? We are fantastic. and It is an amazing thing, isn't it, what happened on the weekend for, for Australian wrestling. I won't say for Australian women wrestlers, but, but just for Australian wrestling in general to have an Australian world champion in the WWE is amazing. Yeah, it's super exciting. I'm absolutely stoked. Um, it's just... It's so nice to see not just a female, but an Australian winning a championship, a WWE championship. It, it brings hope, I think. <laughs> we can all get there at some point. <laughs> it's, been, um, it's been really incremental. We've had a lot of trailblazers starting probably with Madison and then with Emma. Mm. Um, and then it's obviously grown with, you know, uh, people like Buddy Murphy. And, and now this sort of is the pinnacle. Um, how do you feel about the girls and the guys that have sort of paved this way that means it's a achievable goal now? Uh, I think it's absolutely fantastic. Um, I feel like Australia has been slept on for quite some time and it's so, it's so good to have such represent, like great representation um, over in the States, especially in, in WWE um, and all over the world, really um, showing that we actually were amazing wrestlers and we should be, at the top because we're the best. I, that's, I'm very biased. I, I think very highly of Australian wrestling, but I feel like we prove it. And just seeing Rhea Ripley, especially winning that championship, proves it. Yeah, it certainly does. There's no doubt about that. What do you expect this would do for Australian wrestling, for indie wrestling here in Australia? I think it will open up more doors. I think more eyes will be on us. Um, just like I said, great representations and I feel like everyone out there the fans anyone who wants to watch wrestling I guess will be like I wonder what's happening in Australia if that's our Australian wrestling you know sorry if Rhea Ripley is the standard right now the WWE women's champion you know and an Australian so what's what does Australia have to offer offer Mm. and yeah that's what I think I feel like we'll be looked at a lot more I think it also could be a really good opportunity for 
local companies to get more localized on our product because um, people are going to be asking, you know, where did Rhea Ripley train? And it's the same with um, the other wrestlers in WWE and NXT. Like, where did they train? Where did they work in Australia? And, um, and companies like PWA can really capitalize. 100%. There's a whole thread, you know, Rhea Ripley, Buddy Murphy didn't just show up out of nowhere. They all came from here <laughs> and it's, it's all homegrown with great promotions. So I, I feel like this is a, a great stepping stone for all of us um, here in Australia. Absolutely. And for people like PWA and the like, and, and the, the amount of live streaming that we have at the moment, especially uh, Fight TV mm. and so on, the opportunity now for the world to see Australian wrestling is so much bigger in 2021. Oh, 100%. It, it's so exciting. Uh, when we got announced for Fight TV, everyone was ecstatic. Nervous, but ecstatic because it, it's just, like I said, another stepping stone towards the right direction to get more eyes on us to actually show how great we are as wrestlers. I know OvoPlay was really great for you and it taught the company how to stream and, mm-hmm. and people could see you everywhere. Explain how much of a, a step up Fight TV has been. It's, oh, it's been such a huge step up. It's where amongst other companies like AEW, <laughs> like front page, you know, and yeah. just to be amongst that front page with companies like them, it just shows that we are heading towards the right direction. We are amongst the best and we're proving it. So I, I feel like this is a major stepping stone. I feel like everyone should be going towards this goal. Um, yeah. <laughs> We've seen uh, wrestling here in Victoria return in 2021 and we've had a, a few promotions. We've even had a couple cancelled again due to yeah. a, a lockdown a, a few weeks ago. What's the scene like in Sydney at the moment? Is it getting to some sort of normality? Yeah, uh, I feel like Sydney, especially, we, we've been absolutely fortunate. Um, we've been doing the right things. I think we took advantage of the pandemic with, especially with PWA um, and the premiership tournament. Um, we, we took that downtime to provide a product where people couldn't attend um, during that time. So uh, I feel like we did the right steps to take advantage of what, you know, was lacking, I guess. So yeah, I feel crowds are coming back we're starting to feel that that ecstatic you know um ecstatic crowd again it's really exciting um it's just uh yeah <laughs> I'm, I, I'm i'm lost for words you know to be honest because i'm very happy where i am I, I feel like we're very lucky um with the situation that's been given to us especially it's an interesting situ- i was gonna say it's an interesting to- situation sorry kingsley in regards to the crowds you spoke about having crowds back mm. and, and what that's like. I don't think you had the opportunity to fight though with no crowds, did you? Um, not with fight. Um, yeah. With fight, our first show was uh, back in Black Label and we had the crowd and it was fantastic. Um, but that was a huge step for us because with Overplay, with, before that, before going on to Fight TV, we had the Premiership Tournament in um, the... PWA Training Academy. We had other like smaller shows as well, Academy shows as well, we streamed on there. So jumping from overplay with the Academy shows um, and the tournament to Fight TV to a crowd and a and a new venue, it, it's a it's a big jump and it's you know stakes are high. <laughs> in, in our perspective, it's yeah, it's 
to I, I guess to the audience it doesn't seem much but for us as wrestlers it's a it's a big it's a big step especially with the pandemic and for a wrestler who's used to working in front of a crowd how do you adjust to not having that feedback and not knowing if what you're doing is going to be well received and not having that instant sort of you know yay or boo it's weird <laughs> it's so strange because especially for me i i love talking to the crowd i love yelling at them and to have like little to none it, it's such a strange feeling but i feel like we got used to it. it's good practice i think um i feel like everyone's going to do a show where they have 10 or less people in the crown and they have to work with that, you know, and I feel like, you know what I mean? So, um, and I feel like having the no crowd um, was really good practice for that. Um, and also, yeah, I, it's just, it's just different. Every, life throws you, throws you things like that, a pandemic, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, so I feel like we made the best of it, especially with the no crowd situation. Um, for, for how we dealt with it, I felt like we dealt with it pretty good. Believe me, and, there was a lot of us who were involved in the late 90s, early 2000s that only fought in front of five and 10 people. Don't yeah. worry about that. <laughs> um, it was a regular occurrence. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> you, you know what I mean. Um, you mentioned the crowd being a big part of your act and it really is. What did you personally adjust like um, to get the character across without that crowd interaction? Oh, I feel like I, I really had to remember that we're on a streaming service. So whether or not there was a crowd in front of me, um, I had to remember someone was still watching me. So I still had to be 110% with my character. I wouldn't half-ass anything um, when I'm out there, whether or not there's someone out there or not. So there's someone at home watching. There's someone overseas watching regardless. So my facials are still quite expressive. <laughs> my yelling will still be 110%. So I, it's just that mentality you have to get into that no matter what happens, someone's still watching you. With the COVID period and the opportunity not to wrestle for a period of around about six to eight months, which most of you guys went through, did you have an opportunity to hone your character, your your persona and, and change that in, in different ways that maybe people will, will recognise now as being different? Yeah, um, I, I feel like the pandemic gave us a lot of time to actually work on ourselves, um, especially like promos and character. Um I I really tried to, like, it, it sounds so lame because I feel like everyone's done it in the pandemic. They've watched a lot of movies, <laughs> tried to, like, see what's relevant. So I tried to see what was relatable with movies. What do people like? And, and try to add that to my character and promos, have ideas brewing. So, um, yeah, like, for example, the most recent promo I did for the Rumble was a Simpsons reference. <laughs> So it was the Mr. Plough um, episode. I really love that episode, but I had that in mind for ages um, and I really wanted to do that. So like little things like that, how can Kingsley do something like the Mr. Plough? So um, my favorite movie is The Crow. Um, and I did that pro with my, um, with Ben Anderson and the team for um, my match with Uncle Jack. So just little references, I, I feel like the audience can relate to. That's, that's pretty much what I did during the pandemic in terms of helping my character grow, just finding what, how does Kingsley relate to my audience and what do they like and what they want to find in me to relate to. It's funny that you said like everyone 
is taking these influences from movies and TV. But I don't think enough people are taking their influences from sources outside of wrestling. And I think that's something that you do really well. Um, I know, I've had a chance yet to watch the Jericho Stone Cold Steve Austin interview on the network. No, that's on my to-do list. I was going to watch this after the podcast, yeah. actually. <laughs> well, I can recommend it. I think you're going to get a lot out of it because Jericho really goes into um, where he got the ideas for different angles and different promos, and none of it's from wrestling hardly. Um, mm. And I think that's something that you do mm. well. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I try my best there. <laughs> what I have noticed is recently you've been moving into a lot more um, singles wrestling and um, it's obviously the next step in your development. Um, how have you found working more independently of, of being in teams and being in, in like multi-person matches and things like that? It's it's a challenge in my opinion because I'm so used to having someone by my side like Uncle Jack, you know, and it's 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 a different challenge but i i really love singles wrestling um for me it it makes me understand my opponent a lot better <laughs> um instead of having like a lot of convolution and like 10 people in a match or you know what i mean having like yeah. for example like charlie evans like i've never wrestled her before the premiership um tournament and just having that one match with her i learned so much from her um as a wrestler she's a bad bitch man <laughs> you know um and I feel like especially the premiership tournament really threw me into that singles um those single matches sorry and just really understanding each person as an individual um and how they wrestle and how we can bring them out the best out of them sorry and how they can bring the best out of me so that's why I really like about singles um matches a lot and you've been getting a lot of opportunities lately a lot more opportunities um it must give you more confidence that the company are actually having such faith in you to hold these big spots on cards oh yeah it's scary <laughs> <laughs> it's scary um wrestling scares me <laughs> but it's so fun and i i'm so grateful to have people who actually believe in me so much um, all I want to do is wrestle and be there for everybody and help them grow as wrestlers. So having a, a great team, especially in PWA, my family, um, they they really invest in me. So it, I really feel privileged to be in spots like that because they actually do care and, you know, find something in me, you know, that's worth putting on the table. Have you had a chance to reassess your goals in the last 12 months as well? I know you you your goal has always been to to be the best that you can be and, and and get to the level the best level that you can get to and that that always an achievable goal especially now since the eyes are on australia but have you reassessed that goal to the extent that maybe you might be able to do it a little bit quicker than what you thought you might have been able to do it before um yeah i mean I mean, if I didn't have this injury <laughs> at the moment with my yeah. knee, but like, let's pretend I don't have a knee injury. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, absolutely. Um, I definitely would love to be in Coliseum <laughs> at some point um, as someone in Coliseum in the tournament. Um, I would love to go for a title at some point. You know, um, hopefully I'd love to go overseas at some point, you know, when, you know, the world isn't, you know, 
you know, <laughs> the yeah. way it is. <laughs> but um, yeah, reassessing my goals. Um, my number one goal right now is to heal up. <laughs> but other than that, I really want to be not just someone in the middle of the card. You know what I mean? I would love to be climbing up to a spot up the top, you know, and be someone that people want to wrestle, you know, <laughs> I, I guess that, that I'm, I'm very, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm very self-aware of my abilities. I know what I have to work on, um, but I just want to be someone that's fun to work with to other people as well. So, yeah. It's a good opportunity for us to compare knee injuries now because <laughs> I, I had a knee replacement seven weeks ago. What have you got with yours? <gasps> no. Yeah, whole replacement. Nah, serious. I've got a, a, a mind... I don't like that, man. <laughs> like that, that, oh, that freaks me out. <laughs> yeah, but it's okay. Um, I'm up. A, I'm a up and walking, yeah. and I'm moving around. So all that's good. good. Yeah. Me too. That's that's sort the of. progress. <laughs> I've, <laughs> I've got a, a minor tear in my MCL. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, it's look. It's it could be worse. It really could. I'm not replacing my knee anytime soon. <laughs> yeah. But um, it's very tedious. Um, I'm never knew you needed a knee so much, you know, until now. So, <laughs> and, I, and I don't think the public would understand just in how important knees are for wrestlers. I mean, the amount of jumping that you guys do and, and landing and all that sort of stuff, uh, the slightest tweak can oh, be disastrous. It, it was the stupidest injury as well. <laughs> like it wasn't even in a wrestling match or anything like that. It was just that training, you know, mm. doing like a, a, a minor move. You know, I think it was just a little slide, you know, during like a practice match. So, yeah, it, it's stupid. It's tedious. But you know what? It is what it is. I can't be negative about it. I just have to work on it and then get back into it and catch up. So that's just me. At the <laughs> yeah. Of the um, of all the ligaments in the knee, if you're going to injure one, the MCL is the one to injure. So that's, uh, yeah. that's yeah. <laughs> at least something. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> I know you, you spoke earlier about knowing your um, what you need to work on and things like that, um, but I find that you've probably been underestimated and had preconceived ideas about you from the moment you broke into the industry. Um, is that a motivation, just proving people wrong? Uh, it's the, the one thing I love doing. <laughs> I don't know. It's like a, a weird thrill I have. It's, it sounds so psychotic, but like the moment someone doubts me, I'm like, I have to prove them wrong. It's just like switch on and be like, no, they're wrong. And I'm right. <laughs> you know, I can do this. So it's weird, but absolutely. It's definitely a motivator. It's one of my biggest motivators is proving people wrong. Hmm. Excellent. Go on, No, no, go. I was just going to say, you mentioned also about uh, traveling overseas. What's the first place or where is the first place you want to go when the world uh, opens up? Yeah. Um, my biggest goal right now is Shimmer. Um, I feel like all the girls have gone over there, had great experiences with Shimmer. Um, yeah. If, if it's one time or 10 times, I just want to have a match in Shimmer. That'll be a really great experience. Um, same with Rise. That'll be really good um japan has a, a great wrestling scene as well i would love to explore that too so there's there's different avenues but definitely shimmer's my number one goal when i when doors open up yeah and how many boxes of chips ahoy would you bring back with you, oh, you don't. <laughs> i love chips ahoy with a burning passion you know this 
no I've been really good I haven't touched one in two years okay (laughs) (laughs) you know (laughs) so or I'd probably bring maybe yeah an extra suitcase hey like the value family packs as well not just those skinny single you know row of chips ahoy nah we need that that big square you know multiple rows You mentioned Japan. I think that you do really well in Japan. I think um, your uh, character work, which um, is, it's honestly, it's a real draw. Um, <laughs> that's something that's something that would translate really well into some of the, um, some of the, like Ice Ribbon or Tokyo Joshi Pro and places like that. I think you'd be really popular. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I hope they uh, have an interest in me <laughs> when it comes to this. Just be a pest. Send them your stuff. Oh, I'll, I'll do my best. I have been working on my resume and everything. So that was another thing I was working on during the pandemic. So just making it look nice <laughs> to send off to people. <laughs> so. We know how much well she likes you as a wrestler. The <laughs> only thing that would make you better is if you actually sang your song at the entrance. Uh, if you oh, could do that, then you... Mackie's got that covered. <laughs> Which one? I've got a new one now. <laughs> Do you want the the OG? I'm a bad bitch. Bah, 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 bah. That one. <laughs> really important time uh, coming up for people wanting to get into the wrestling industry, as we mentioned, mm. with uh, Rhea winning the the title and the like. And there's some a fantastic opportunity up there at PWA in the next uh, month or so when we've got some open tryouts and Madison Eagles and, and Robbie Eagles being very much a part of that. What can people expect? What can trainees expect during that period? Oh, I remember my first tryout. <laughs> Look, it's, it's, it's really hard, but it's, it's the most motivating experience ever. You have the coaches that you have Madison, you have Robbie Shazza and they're, they're there with you 110%. Um, I remember doing like about 300 to 400 squats in a row with my group. Um, <laughs> the number varies. You know? I can barely do 10. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's hard, um, but it, it's really a test of how, um, how much you can get through, how much you're willing to, you know, to do to get it. You know, it just it's really motivating. We just want to see you try you know, try your best, you know, and we're not, it's not a competition. It's just to see what, where you are as a person, as an athlete, as a potential wrestler. So yeah, I hundred percent guarantee it's a rewarding experience. If anyone wants to try out. What's the one thing you wish you'd been told before your tryout? Oh, <laughs> that's a great question. I ooh, don't, freak out <laughs> I have major anxiety all the time with everything if my my real real Kingsley is not <laughs> like <laughs> wrestling Kingsley you know <laughs> but um that's yeah. probably a good thing yeah it's it's definitely a good thing I'm not yelling well at everyone real, all the time <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure how well real Kingsley would go at the shop so I'm, yeah no I yeah. think you know those tea samples you know being thrown at people is not a not a good look <laughs> But um, yeah, no, I, I just, yeah, I, I wish people would just, someone just told me like, hey, you'll be fine, you know, because going into it, I thought I'm not going to be fine, but I did it, you know, and I'm here. So I guess that's saying something. 
how how quickly was it for you before you realised that um, character and your personality was going to have to be a huge part of your presentation? Oh, very quickly. Um, I think it was one of the first things that I actually worked on because I'm like, I'll be honest about, um, about myself, going in, I wasn't the most athletic person in wrestling in my in my group at all I had people flying past me getting things you know quicker than I can so I couldn't do a flip bump for ages <laughs> you know um and I'm still terrified of flipping so there's just my my strengths weren't the same as other people's strengths so I found out very quickly that I have the gift of the gab and I'm very much okay admitting it I'm very good at talking <laughs> and so that's what I worked on I worked on a character and I feel like that's what helped me motivate myself to get better in wrestling but also it it showed that I did have something to offer to the table to shows and I feel like that's what helped me get on shows a lot quicker than other people yeah and it helped you um travel into state very early in your career yeah. as well yeah, it did. <laughs> Very fun. <laughs> fun times. <laughs> um, yeah, you've had a couple of really big storylines uh, in the last few months, which Generation Now was one of them. Um, yeah. What was it like to be with that group of wrestlers? Oh, it was fun. <laughs> it, it was really cool to work with different wrestling personalities in one little group. So, And it was cool to be the only female in Generation Now as well. You know, so I, I felt in a way special <laughs> yeah. that, you know, that I was, you know, the only female in Generation Now, but there was some sort of standard um, to uphold as well with Generation Now, a very high standard I felt like we upheld. So I was very, I, I felt grateful to be a part of that little faction. Um, it was so fun. I, I loved every minute of Generation Now. And now you're um, running the Red Nation? Um, that's the bad bitch nation. Thank you very much. <laughs> You're rebuilding it in your own image. Absolutely. This is the bad bitch nation, not the red nation. Red is a fantastic color, but you know what's a better color? A bad bitch. <laughs> How much fun has it been throwing ideas around for this um for this stuff? It's it's fantastic. I I feel like the dynamic between myself and Uncle Jack is super fun. I don't think anyone else has done like a, a familial type of tag team like an uncle and a niece not that I've know of not that I've seen at least very recently or ever <laughs> so I feel like it's it's something new it's something fresh that people can relate to um I I relate to it so much because my my dad is very much um <laughs> overprotective very like very hard on me <laughs> you know very like you know where's my little girl got to protect us so translating that into wrestling with uncle jack it's it's very I don't know it, it's it's close to home and I, and I I and I like it so much and therefore I can provide something so close to home into wrestling um to make it so relatable to everybody and to myself Everyone's got a dorky uncle. Is that Uncle yeah. Jack? Is he like <laughs> tell the bad jokes? And I'm yeah. assuming all your nephews have a dorky uncle. Sorry. Yeah, correct. Uh, well, yeah. correct. 
he's so dorky <laughs> in the best kind of way <laughs> he always talks about you know marvel and dc you know you know it's great i, I love those conversations with him you know? he's like oh have you seen the new snyder cut i'm just like uh, no <laughs> i don't have four hours uncle jack <laughs> but no nah, he he's sick <laughs> he's fun to work with you know i feel like he's um very relatable um to everybody so with his dorkiness everyone needs an uncle tony welshie (laughs) i feel like i've got one (laughs) we all have one i think (laughs) so what's on the horizon for you madam uh obviously rehab and trying to get that knee right when do you expect to be back in the ring Oh, I, I'm so impatient with myself. I miss wrestling so much. Um, I really hope very soon. It's only minor, so hopefully in a couple of weeks. Um, it's progressing um, very well. So hopefully if I just keep at it, we'll, you won't, you know, you won't have to miss me too much. Maybe in a show or two, you'll see me. So hopefully <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. yeah, if the knee wants to cooperate. <laughs> And the good thing about the Kingsley character is you don't need to have a match to have an impact on a card. So that's um, that's another benefit of being um, such a strong character worker. Oh, thank you so much. I'm going to yell at everybody. <laughs> yell at everybody. Yeah, I'm going to throw tea at everyone because they deserve it. <laughs> hey, Kingsley, thank you so much uh, for your time today. We really do appreciate it. And uh, we wish you all the best with the recovery from the knee. Hopefully it is only a couple of weeks' time and you're back in the ring and we're uh, cheering for you very soon. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It was so fun. Kingsley, joining us here on the Turnbuckle. I'm on my own against the wall. The pressure's building, but no, I will never fall. Instead of crying, they hear me roar. And now I see that I'm way better than before. I never needed you at all. And welcome back, part two of On the Turnbuckle. What a uh, what an amazing interview that was. She's bubbly, she's fun, she can talk, she's everything you want in an interview. Well, she. Yeah, like super easy to interview, Kingsley. Um, and like it, from the moment where we ask Kingsley to come on the show, uh, just really easy to deal with and then always um, a great end product as well. That's why people pay a lot of money to watch her wrestle. Yeah, exactly right. We welcome into the show uh, Jules, who's replacing Lyle for the week. He replaced me last week. I don't know whether that means he'll replace you next week, Welshie. Well, it depends <laughs> if I get thrown through a table at WrestleBrainia or not. Well, possibly too. To Hello, Jules. How are you, buddy? Hey, what's the story? All good. Um, so does this mean I get a tracksuit now? I had to pay for that. Look, admittedly excellent on the turnbuckle shirt, but um, and I even yeah, resisted... Porco's attempts to trade his on turnbuckle shirt for my damnation hoodie. But um, yeah, I think uh, a couple more appearances and I'll, I'll deserve that shirt. You no do realise that I had to pay for those shirts in the first place, don't you? And like, he made them. I don't, get, I don't get them for free. <laughs> he made them. Uh, normally at this time, we would go to Aleti with the on the turnbuckle super serious news segment. Unfortunately, she's unable to join us this week as she's got a couple of assignments to finish off for school. So we wish you all the best with that. Eleni, but, um, so that leaves... Tony, yeah. Speaking speaking of on the turnbuckle shirts, everyone can get their own on the turnbuckle Ooh, shirt, of can. course, by going on to wrestlemerch.com. Why were, you looking the, at, why were you looking at me when you said that? Because there's a, cause you haven't bought any. I've, well, I've, got, I've got a free one. No, you... Well, the one you got for free is not for sale. That's a limited not, edition. 
and I'm not going to get my name wrong, so I don't need to wear that one. Very good day, Tony. Oh, very good day. That, that'll work for me. All right, I'll order that one. I'll order that one. No, no, I will. I promise. I promise. Uh, leaves us to talk about WrestleMania, guys, and what a uh, what a fantastic two days of WrestleMania it was, or I thought it was anyway. I'll get your thoughts on that first up. Did we enjoy it? I enjoyed the first day a lot, and the second day was okay. Um, but on, like as a whole, I thought it was um, it was a good show, and I think that. Two days is probably the way to go moving forward. Yeah, Jules. I have to say, from Jules probably didn't watch it. No, look from my perspective, I lived WrestleMania largely through gifts and reactions and Twitter, but um, it sounded to me like it was mostly silly with moments of absolute excellence. Um, and I, I will sort of say and admit that. Uh, a few of the matches I will go back and watch because of the um, the reviews and um, yeah, some of my favourite wrestlers are still there doing amazing matches. So I can't knock it too much. It's just not something that I watch all the time. No, I totally understand that. But there's one match that you have to watch, and it was the most historic match for Australian wrestling for uh, well a fair long time. Rhea Ripley taking the women's title in the WWE, and it's just really cemented what has been a very uh, a very good few years of uh of australians in the wwe and it's just really dotted the the eye across the t on that hasn't it well what i the way i see it is there's been a lot of incremental um increases with australian wrestling and um people like madison eagles initially going overseas and and creating and forging partnerships um shaz has done the same thing um and then you had emma Tennille Dashwood go and sign with WWE and get onto the main roster. And that was massive, something that had never been done. And then you had Buddy Murphy winning titles. Um, then the Iconics winning titles. And now Rhea are basically smashing that glass ceiling of, I never thought that an Australian-born wrestler would be WWE champion. Um, and that's what we saw happen on the weekend on WrestleMania. And she's 24 years old. Yeah. You'd be able to relate, Jules, um, seeing uh, a lot of your countrymen do that, not that in the not too distant past. Oh, 100%. So, look, I, I grew up watching um, and reading the Bill Apter mags in, in the 80s because I am very old. Um, and seeing, like, I was, I was watching NWA, WWF, and New Japan. So, looking at it and seeing the fact that, you know, we could potentially have. Um, Nick Aldis is NWA champ as he is now Will Ospreay New Japan champ and Drew Galloway that's three of the biggest you know feds I grew up watching and they could all have British champs so regardless of what you think of the product that's that's outstanding considering the domination of Americans so I I am 100% Australian when it comes to Rhea Ripley and everyone else who's joined the uh, big leagues and we saw obviously on um, we saw the sort of debut of Matty Wahlberg and uh, in the background um, as a security guard. And yes. I believe we saw Steph Delander in the crowd as well. So, you know, that, that um, production line is still uh, active. Yeah, no, it certainly is. No doubt about it. Congratulations to Rhea Ripley. And uh, I'm sure that there'll be massive benefits for Australian wrestling off the back of that. And I'm sure that she won't mind 
uh, Australian wrestling coattailing uh, where she's got to in the WWE. She still very much holds her roots back here in Australia and understands where her beginnings are. And I think that's the great thing about it is that she hasn't just become now a WWE wrestler. We never see her again. She still gets, when she was, given the opportunity to come back home, still did that and, you know, still got around the local traps. And it's what it is. It's a great um, fill-up and a real congratulations to to Wright City Wrestling, who where she first started, and all the other wrestling companies and wrestlers around Australia who contributed to where Australian wrestling's at right now that sees Rhea um, grab that title. A couple of the other matches just to have a quick uh, look at as well. Bianca versus Sasha Banks. Yeah, this was um, massive. This is one of the biggest moments in WrestleMania history, I think, because two African-American women headlining WrestleMania, um, I believe, and I could be wrong, but it's the first time two black athletes have headlined WrestleMania um, yes. and the first time two women have headlined a show of WrestleMania. So what these two women have been able to achieve um, and then to have the match that they had, which I won't be, I, I did a bit of a lie. I was shedding a tear during that match and um, I did punch the couch with happiness when Bianca won because I didn't think they'd pull the trigger. Yeah, fair call. Cool. And I, I, I think that, as, as we've said before, a, a rising tide lifts all ships. So I think that is uh, an incredible statement of intent. I hope they follow through with that um, because I, I think the future looks very, very bright um, for wrestling as a whole when that is taking the headlines all around the world. And I'll give WWE full credit for the fact that they're not afraid, and they've done it before and they'll continue to do it, I think, to headline their major events with women's matches. I think that's just a full compliment to them because there's not too many other companies that are doing it. Um, more and more are starting to do it because they're realising that there's money in it. Let's face it, WWE wouldn't do it if there was no money in it. No, no, that's pretty cool. But um, when the women are given the opportunity, they knock it out of the park. So um, they we really need to be giving them more and more of these opportunities. It shouldn't be something that's... Um, like within two, three years, it shouldn't be something that's even an issue. It should be, no, this is the story. This is the best story. This is the best match. This should be the main event. It shouldn't matter um, the sex or gender of the wrestlers involved. Yeah. All the rest. And I make it smart booking as well because I was a, a doubter when the sheer volume of belts um, started to grow and having WrestleMania over two nights. Um, and I don't think it diminishes it in any way whatsoever to say that this was a main event of WrestleMania. That's what it feels like. That's what it looks like to the world as well. I, I think it's a, a fantastic move. And most people would say it main evented the, the better of the two shows. Yeah. Yeah. At some point in life, an author realises when they're writing a series of books that that character has finished with and there's nothing else they could do with that character and they move on to something else. Is there a chance that there could be a writer at WWE who actually might see that with The Fiend and they move on to something else? Because I seriously don't think that they can go any further with The Fiend. I think it's done. It is dusted. And I just don't think people are getting it anymore. Fonzie jumped the shark, mate. Fonzie jumped the shark. Yeah. Um, look, honestly, um, my favourite part of Twitter at WrestleMania was all of the people who knew better than all of us who were trying to justify 
why Alexa changed and things like that. And then it came out that, no, it was a last-minute decision that Vince McMahon played. Originally, the, the Fiend was meant to go over. This was not deeper meaning. This was just shit booking. Yeah. Well. And it was it's... the single worst WrestleMania match I have ever seen. I'd, but, go, I'd go very close to say you're right. Absolutely. Um, I would, yeah. I mean, when The Rock pinned... Um, Eric Rowan in one second, in three seconds, was better than this match. And I feel sorry for Randy Orton and Alexa Bliss who've been trying to do the best with this drivel. Is it finished? Can we? Uh, do we agree the feed is well, done? It's not because they're still going with it. But no, it no, I understand be. that. I want him to go. Look, Bray Wyatt was at his best when he wasn't magical. He was a bloody charlatan cult leader from the swamp. That's the Bray Wyatt. That's the Bray Wyatt that should have been champion. That's the Bray Wyatt that should have been a star. Um, but they dropped the ball with him, and now they don't know what to do. Yeah. Do you think they can ever pick up that NXT Bray Wyatt? Do you think they can ever really return to that uh, mystique uh, around Sister Abigail and all of that? Well, I mean, I think you could. I think you could do it. You, you drop the Sister Abigail part of it. Um, well, they had the opportunity when The Fiend was set alight. That should have been the end of The Fiend there. And then they could have brought maybe Bray Wyatt well, back in a past configuration. Yeah. Um, they would have to keep him off TV for a good six months first. So, um, but yeah, I think you're right, Tony, but I, I do, I, I, I will still go back and watch those old Bray White promos from when, when he first started. The stuff he did with Cena and the, the children's choir is creepy as fuck, but it's good. That's, that was the Bray White. Yeah. And the squirting black ink out of Alexa's hair, that was just, that was seriously one of the biggest jokes I've ever seen. Oh, my Lord. Well, I didn't know when she turned into a squid, but... <laughs> it was... Oh, goodness. Anyway, uh, move... the, the way I see it is there are, there's only so many hats you can put on Malibu Stacy, And <laughs> the amount of times they've put a new hat and a new dress and a new shirt yeah. on Bray Wyatt, there's got to be a point where you say, yeah, we're done. Yep. Couldn't agree more. Uh, geez, I'll tell you what, one of the stars of WrestleMania was a non-wrestler turned wrestler, Bad Bunny. Gee whiz, did it's, he not get a pop? Oh, look, we all we all watched it and we all thought he did really well. But what really solidifies it is when you're seeing guys who are notoriously um, difficult to impress, like a Randy Orton, who takes time out of an interview to put him over and tell him that he no longer sees him as a celebrity playing wrestler for the rest of his life. He is one of the boys. Like for that to come from a Randy Orton type, uh, that's, that should tell you everything you need to know. Yeah. And if you're going to yeah, do but... this, like Miz and Morrison are the perfect guys because they played good foils. They're prepared to um, get their comeuppance. And um, it was an enjoyable match. Yeah, I've re- Miz's facial expressions towards the end just really put Bad Buddy over. Very well done. Very well done. Uh, so we've agreed that the two nights is probably the way to go th- for the future. Yeah, I hope they stick with two nights because um, it allows them to do their week festival when they've got crowds back. That will be something they can really lean into, that full week of activities. Um, but also, it, al- it allows them to get more people on the card without throwaway matches. Um, two nights, three and a half hours a night with no pre-show. That's the ideal way to watch the wrestling. 
Yeah, we know they can't but they can't be trusted with with one night because they'll just fill it full of bollocks. Eight hours. It'll be eight hours. Hmm. And everyone will be the crowd will be so exhausted by the main event, they won't cheer the main event. Um, yeah. this is like we spoke last week, you spoke about wrestling fatigue. Hmm. Um, eight hours of wrestling is wrestling fatigue. I think the great thing about it too is is that obviously with COVID for this year, it gave them the opportunity to get two bites of two crowds. 54,000 over two nights was better than 27,000 over one. So I think it was a necessity that needed to happen due for that. And I think it might be something, as we've seen so often in the last 12 months, that COVID's changed a lot of things that people have done for the better. And I think this might be a result of that, that we might see a better rest of May now, just due to the fact that you know they needed to run it over two nights. I'll tell you what, I heard that COVID means you might not be travelling for another two years. They can go fuck themselves if that's the case. Australian yeah. <laughs> government, but um, yeah, I think uh, I think you're right, Tony. She was. I'm but getting. I don't say that very often. So I'm hitting a couple of notes tonight. I'm pretty happy with myself, actually. Uh, See what happens when you watch the show we're talking about. Yeah, exactly. The one thing I do want to talk about is the Hall of Fame. Uh, I thought it was well done. Uh, Kevin Nash is looking very good, actually. We spoke about this last week, didn't we, Jules? Yeah, a little bit. You may have. But can I just say that one person that had me in tears was Mrs. British Bulldog. Her reaction to his involvement and his inclusion into the Hall of Fame was just beautiful. And the family, the kids, and so that was just, that was a lovely, lovely moment. And we need more of that in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, they don't like to have too much of the guys going in who, who, who are deceased. But it is nice when you see the family get to enjoy it and um, and sort of relive what um, their loved one was able to achieve while they were with them. Um, yeah. And I do think there's room to have one each year who's who's passed away if, if the family get to then share that moment. It's, it's, it's quite nice. Yeah. And maybe we'll get another run for Davey Jr. Yeah, I did, I did watch it. I did um, catch that uh, Hall of Fame. I did watch it, obviously, for Liger, but it was so great to see Davey Boy Jr. He was still looking a million dollars. I'd love to see him back in the ring. Yeah. yeah he did. Did, you see, um, did you see the other, another member of that extended family, Teddy Hart, <laughs> um, trying to show his face around at the indie shows in Florida and a few times getting thrown out, which should be happening everywhere. I can't believe anyone's letting him backstage. He's a piece of shit. I love to see wrestling policing itself. And there were some of the highlights of my weekend was seeing how, how badly received Teddy Hart was uh, at WrestleMania weekend. So congrats to everybody involved. Of course, always part of uh, pay-per-view weekends, pretty much so, our NXT takeovers. Uh, your thoughts on that, boys? Yeah, well, they did the two-night thing as well, Tony. And... Um... Same as WrestleMania, night one blew night two out of the water. Um, and it was good. Like, night one I really enjoyed. Uh, I'm trying to think back to what happened. It was so long ago now. Um, but we saw, like, um, Jonah win that six-man uh, scramble. We saw... Um, oh, I, can't, I can't even remember what happened on the show. It was that long ago. Oh, the women's title match, um, with which headlined night one which had Io Shirai sort of crown Rochelle Gonzalez as the next big thing and you've got three big powerful girls holding all three of the women's titles at the moment which is fantastic because 20 years ago 
um, they would have only booked those women as monsters, not as rounded characters. And it shows how far um, how far we're going. I'll give a bit of a shout out for uh, Volta as well against Tommaso Ciampa. So, oh, that was um, amazing. Yeah. Wouldn't be long ago that would be a dream match. I miss Volta from, from my wrestling. So I thought it was really interesting putting that NXT UK title on uh, the main um, sort of uh, NXT takeover show. So, yeah, I, I hope that they, um, they do more with Volta. I love that guy. I mean, the best two matches WWE's had in the last 12 months have probably both been Volta matches. Um, he's just such a point of difference to everybody else. Um, and when he gets in the ring with someone like a Champa, they can do things like they can they can tell amazing stories because those style differences, um, they both work stiff but safe. Um, that was an amazing match. And shout out, Indy Hartwell had her first match on the takeover. Um, Bronson Reed had two matches in a weekend. Um so those those two are really well. They wrestled each other today. Oh, did they? Did you know that? Yeah. Oh. It was an eight eight person tag match. Indy was on one team, and uh, and uh, Bronson Reed was on the other. So there you go. There's something that we never thought we'd see happen. No, exactly. Fantastic. And- I did see the um, AJ Lee Kane shot of um, Indy Hartwell in Dexter Loomis's arms. I thought that was a a sweet little um, callback. That's a nice little um, story that she's telling there where she's infatuated with the guy who's harassing her family. And, and there's the, the comedic timing of, um, of the Gargano and uh, um, that whole group. So um, it's amazing. Like the comedic timing of that group is, is actually pretty enjoyable to watch. Now, Jules, we know that your, uh, your world doesn't normally include WWE. So... I know it's not on the run sheet, but I'll give you an opportunity to give us some news out of your world of wrestling from the stuff that you normally watch. Anything we should be aware of? Oh, look, I think I'm, I'm always going to be a big DDT guy. So uh, catching April Fool will be a, a good shout for anybody who has access to Wrestle Universe. Um, I think that uh, not often would I give a shout out for AEW, but the fact that AEW in their um, dark elevation um, show on YouTube, they're going to give the limelight to a a DDT trio of um, Kenny Omega and Takeshita and Michael Nakazawa. So these are all DDT alumni. And so I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. Um, and look, I think it's, um, it's particularly interesting where we're going with the um, New Japan um, United Empire uh, against LIJ feud at the moment. So they're just building up to wrestling Dontaku. Uh, I think that's definitely worth a watch because... Great Okan is probably, um, he should be on, on the, the, the top of the chain at the world stage. He is absolutely smashing it from where he was on Excursion Rev Pro to where he is now. Um, he is absolute gold. So a definite recommend um, wrestling Dontaku coming up for New Japan. Well, um, Takeshita is um, he's still a very young man as well. So his, um, his ceiling's incredibly high and he's a huge fan of Australian wrestling. Yeah. I definitely look forward to what happens with, with him at AEW and then when he goes back to DDT. Um, I don't even think we're talking about Forbidden Doors anymore. We're just talking about Doors. So that, that's great to see. More of that across big companies. I just love it. As we turn our focus back on the local scene, and we can tell everyone out there that uh, Deathmatch Down Under is 
selling fast and only 20 tickets remaining again for their next show. They've, gee whiz, they've, they've done really well in regards to populating their crowd in their first couple of shows. And this show looks like it's no exception. No, uh, they've been kicking a lot of goals. So they, they're, um, their shows have been really fun to attend. They're, it's almost like a variety show. And then on top of that, when they do put their shows online, um, they, they trend like number one in Australia on Twitter, which incredible. Like during the day on a Friday where usually hatred for Scott Morrison is dominating um, for, for Deathmatch Down Under the, to sort of knock everything off the front pages. And it's incredible to me. Yeah, it should be an amazing show. And, and how about Atlas Whitaker stepping up for being smashed up by Joel with light tubes? Um, how good is that going to be? I, um, I respect uh, Atlas Whitaker's hustle um, to put his name up for this match. And I saw his promo and I did pop when he referred to the show as Fornicate with Spiders. <laughs> So I am looking forward to that. I'm also looking forward to seeing who do we think is going to win the tag tournament? Look, I'm with Zane Zodiac and Kid Valiant. Um, I think they had an amazing showing um, first time round. So I look forward to seeing how that plays out. Yeah. Um, and I'm on the anti-deathmatch party. I'm a big fan of them. So we'll see how they go. Uh, hopefully we're all happy. There's some... Uh, oh, sorry. Go, Jules. Oh, no, I've just got to give them respect for how they've handled tournaments. So the tag team tournament um, then leading into um, the next two-nighter where there's going to be uh, a 16-person tournament. Um, I just think that that's, that's exactly what, personally, I want from my wrestling. I want to be invested in an outcome at the end of it rather than 50-50 booking here and there. Um, I want to know who the good guys are, who the bad guys are, uh, and I think it's a great job. And if, if um, those 20 tickets um, should sell out real quick because um, it's it's just an amazing show. And this, uh, these names will start coming out for this tournament as well. I'm assuming, I'm hoping a couple get announced um, Saturday night and, and we can start to really salivate over some of the potential matches we might get in this heavyweight title tournament. Uh, let's have a look at what else is happening. Of course, WrestleBrainia is coming up and uh, I have no apologies for my decision on Sunday not to turn up to WrestleBrainia. I thought my son's birthday was more important than anything. And if, uh, unfortunately, the management of WrestleBrainia have taken offence to that and have decided to ban me from the venue, then there's nothing I can do about that. I'm, I apologise. Yeah, well, it's, it's, it's actually, we've been told that if we don't find a third guy um, for this show, um, or girl, a, th a third member, um, for this show, we're disqualified from the final. Jules, yeah. do you want to be the third person in the team? Oh, no, I'm having much too much fun in the crowd laughing at you. Okay. Well, look, I've put some feelers out. Um, we know that uh, look, we approached um, Joel Bateman after the show. Yeah, well, good choice. Well done. Uh, let's hear what he said. Joel, you yeah, won. Well done, mate. Well done. Thank you. Hey, we need a third guy for next week when we're in the final of WrestleBrainia. Will you be our third guy? But, Hack, you realise that we're against you, right? Are you a fucking idiot? But we're friends. Uh, you, I, no, not today we're not, and not next week we're not. I'm going to kick your ass. Oh. You, find somebody else. Oh, fucking hell. I'll do it. Tosh will do it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so obviously... 
that wasn't the best choice because Joel's team were in the final. Um, so I thought I'll approach the guy we beat, Sammy Falcon. Oh, he wants another chance, surely. Surely. This is what he had to say. Sammy, you did great. I know you didn't win. You did great. I need a third guy for next week. Will you be our third guy? Are you kidding me? You want a third guy for next week? Are you joking? Are you, after what just happened here at WrestleBrain here, you're going to tell me that you want me back again? Yeah, you're Sammy Falcon. Of course I want yeah, you back. Yeah, I know I'm Sammy Falcon. I know my damn name, you idiot. You think I'm going to come back next next week after what you did to me? After what everybody did to me here at WrestleBrain? Are you kidding me? My neck hurts. My back hurts. My pussy and my crack hurts. I'm done. I'm done with this place. Ah! All right, so I'm 0 for 2. Um, but process of elimination, every knockback, we're getting closer to someone saying yes. Got in contact with good friend of the show, Slade Mercer. Oh, what a great bloke Slade is. He's definitely going to say yes. Without a doubt. Did he? Hey, Welchie. I got your voicemail about this WrestleBrainia thing. First, I, I don't know how you got my number. Second, no. I don't think you can afford me. And also, I'm in New Zealand, you idiot. So, uh, I mean, I good luck, I suppose. Uh, and do me a favor, mate. Lose my number. Cheers. All right. Um, uh, zero from probably, three, mate. This is not good. Yeah, well, I mean, I did, forgot to take into account that he's in New Zealand at the moment. That probably um, doesn't help. And he's asked me to lose his phone number. That's disappointing. I um, I, I, I looked that up fair and square off the internet. Um, so, look, let's try our first ever guest. Basically, family. Yeah. Lord Mark Williamson. Surely he was. He, he hasn't been around for a while. This would be a perfect way to get back into wrestling for Mark Williamson. What did he have to say? Hi, Brent. Lord Mark Williamson here. Uh, just got your invite to join your team at WrestleBrainia. Um, unfortunately, I cannot join your team. Number of reasons. One, it's an absolute insult. This is like asking Einstein to do a high school trivia night. Everyone knows I'm the greatest brain. I have a WrestleBrainia, if you will, so I don't need to show it off on a Sunday afternoon. Two, I'll actually be doing something far more important, and that's celebrating IWA's 23rd anniversary up in Sydney. You know, doing some real wrestling, not hanging around a bunch of knobs talking about it. Anyway, you got any more stupid invites, feel free not to send it to me. Bye. Shit, we're in trouble. Obviously, he's so... He didn't want to do it so much, he's taken a booking. He told me he'd retired. <laughs> a booking in a state. Um, yeah. Wow. Look, I'm not deterred. We will have a third person in that team. Okay. I hope. Okay. Um, what else is on this week, Tony? I'll just make some more calls. All right. Uh, well, Mark Williamson, as you heard, is going to uh, be coming out of retirement to commentate the event up in IWA in Sydney, their 23rd anniversary show at St. John's Bowling Club. A massive achievement for them to survive 23 years and to lure Mark Williamson out of retirement. That's on Saturday. You mentioned some 50-50 matches at the moment, Jules, uh, going around the place. Well, there's a couple in Australia that are far from 50-50, and one of those is definitely Robbie Eagles up against Mikey Nichols 
at EPW Collision Course in Perth on Saturday. That's for the title. That's going to be a cracker of a match. That's a must-watch. It's just got to be a must-watch for anybody who's into wrestling. Um, even if you're not into um, the connection with Chaos in New Japan, that is just going to be a certified, guaranteed banger. Yeah. Bobby's going to have some welts all over his body after that match. Um, Go on. Sorry. No, I was just going to say, there's a, there's a lot of other, lot else on, isn't there? As well, well, there is too. Uh, there's another great match happening at PCW Revenge in Ferntree Galley on Saturday. Royce Chambers up against Ryan Rapid and Sammy Falcon challenging Mark Cage for the title. That's going to uh, go down pretty well as well. Yeah, that, that's actually a pretty stacked show. So if you're not going to DMDU or if you miss out on those last 20 tickets, get out to Ferntree Gully because those two matches are fantastic. I think Kellyanne's taking on Carl Grove, which will be entertaining as well. Um, and Jake Taylor versus um, Charlie Matthews. Yeah. Uh, and then you've got all the other guys like the Sly guys and all that on the card. That wrestling in Melbourne is uh, top notch at the moment. Yeah, plenty happening. And I wish I was down in Launceston for the supercars this weekend because I might have been able to pop in and see TCW uh, present Aftermath down there as well. I presume that's in Launceston, isn't it? Uh, I believe so. Yeah. Um, don't quote me on it, but so, I believe so. If um, any of my supercar friends are listening, that's what you can do on Saturday night. And former guest of the show, Charlie Rose, will be on that card. So um, she's also been with De Deathmatch Down Under in, in Melbourne. And um, TCW, yeah, it's a, if you're in Tasmania, it's the only show in town. So go see it. Exactly right. Uh, because the pokies are still down at the casino. They got hacked a week ago and they haven't come back up yet in both Launceston and Hobart. So that's... I believe, I believe that um, TCW might have had something to do with that just to get a bigger house at their show. <laughs> Possibly. That could be the way to go. Uh, and also, finally, on Sunday, of course, WrestleBrainia is on at the Catfish and Fitzroy. WrestleRock, uh, Jules and French are one of the teams. DMDU being represented by Crackerjack and Gore. And, of course, the People's Champion the on the Turnbuckle team. Minus right. one at the moment. Yes. Well, but I know you're feverishly working to fix that. Yes. Well, I'm sure we'll get someone. Someone, I'm sure. I'm sure. Guys. No, I'm sure they will. Uh, that's it. Maybe I'll just maybe we'll just dress you up in costume. Yeah, so I've already committed to go to the footy. So uh, now that I've been told that I can't you've got go. A black crown or something, and some deep black eye makeup you can have running down your face and like black squid, black ink. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, yeah works. that is an that idea. Works. Yeah. <laughs> hey guys, thank you so much for your time, especially you, Jules. Really appreciate you uh, jumping on board again, mate, and uh, hopefully we get to talk to you again soon. Not a problem. Always a pleasure. Catch you soon, Walshie. Good right. luck on the weekend. We're going to win. Yeah, I'm sure we will. No doubt about it. And you've won just by listening to On The Turnbuckle again this week. We look forward to speaking to you next week right here on mypodcasthouse.com. <laughs>